This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart, and you have reached Venus Unplugged. And what we do at this blog talk is we... uh, discuss all things Venusian, uh, not just cosmetic beauty, but the, the principle of beauty, where there's truth in beauty, because beauty brings harmony. It's pretty hard to go to war or have a fight when you're in a state of beauty, when Venus is present, unless, of course, she started it, and that's something completely different. And uh, yesterday... You know, I've been involved in this work for certainly more than half of my life and uh, never thinking that uh, it was a a rabbit hole, certainly worse, falling into. And uh, this world of psyche and certainly being um, born clairvoyant, uh, it gives such meaning to the visions that, I experience and that I see within people and it helps us understand the way of psyche because psyche's running the show and I know that's a little hard to accept because the ego is like no I'm doing it but psyche is running it all and I do these uh, blog talks so we can start beginning to understand not only the language but the kind of the the possibility of particularly Jung's work, which I'm extremely influenced by. Uh, of course, I do astrology and tarot and all those things, and these are all it's the language of symbolism and the language of myth and the language of dream, and this is the language of psyche. So if we can begin to understand psyche's logic, which is very different from metaphysical logic, although they can overlap, they can mirror one another. What we're doing here in the next couple of weeks, working with the book Ion, which is one of Jung's uh, supreme gifts to the world, and um, he begins to just basically describe the nature of uh, the, the structure of what's going on because it's what we don't know. It will harm us. And the ego doesn't know enough that it doesn't know because it thinks it knows everything. And we love the ego. It's very, very helpful. But particularly in the second adulthood, who knew there were two, um, you know, the ego really has to uh, surrender to the soul. To, to the workings of, of psyche. The, the first half of life is, you know, is, is for the ego development, to be in the world and to, to the accomplishments in the world and your marriages and your children and your uh, the, the things of the world. 
then the second part, you know, psyche, soul starts kicking in and says, yeah, I know you made that sacrifice, but um, there's something uh, different, deeper, and often greater. So we're going to last uh, broadcast. We talked about the syzygy, which is the animus and the anima. Uh, the animus is the male within the female, and the anima is the female within the male. And basically, what that's about, that's the autonomy of the collective unconscious. So we have our personal unconscious, and the collective unconscious is the memory of all worlds, all lifetimes. It's it's it, infinity. It's impossible to comprehend it in its totality but there it is running the show and so these figures of the animus and the anima are within the collective unconscious so we don't always know what is going on when they kick up when these archetypes kick up and an archetype is a uh, collective pattern the ancients would call it the gods or the goddesses. So if there's sufficient harmony between the conscious and the unconscious, the anima and the animus, uh, and they they function as two, but if there's tension, which means you don't know what's going on, between the conscious and the unconscious, the uh, immediately uh, these, these personify what's really happening within. And uh, these effects, you know, when, when you just kind of the devil gets into your, or you think, what the hell did I say that for? Or, uh, you, you, you know, any time you have kind of a stronger, bombastic reaction to what anybody says, you know, that's, that's touchy, wounded stuff. And uh, that's usually where the wound is. It's the weakest link. So if we can just stay aware, keep breathing a little longer than buying into the belief that your rage or outrage is um, the total truth, we can start to see what's going on within, and then it starts making psychic sense psychological sense so Jung talks about you know that the the anima and the animus are like literally the father and mother of all dramatic and even disastrous entanglements of fate Uh, and uh, they've been recognized as such as the divine pair one in accordance with the logos characteristic by the pneuma which is the essential invisible state but very active and that's usually uh, Hermes and the other is accordance with Eros and that nature is guess who Aphrodite, Selene, Persephone, Hecate so it's like the triple goddess right and the the ancients realized uh, the true nature quite rightly were they called them the gods and the more we realize uh, this for the better, uh, and their power increases to the degree that it, uh, it's not uh, 
unconscious, but if it remains unconscious, it, uh, I mean, that's part of what war is about. It's like a, a psychic infection. We've been possessed by a, a mythos, and um, it's very real. And it's, for people who are very intellectual, it's very hard for, to comprehend the, the, on the feeling level. The, the psychic realities until it happens to them. You know, reality is when it happens to you. Okay, that's when all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I'm starting to understand what's going on. And it's also, you know, we're here to mature. We're here to meet our potential. And that things means we we leave to childhood what belongs to childhood, not the mirth and the delight of the divine child within no, that's creativity. But the temper tantrums and the, I'm right no matter what. Well, you can be absolutely right, but if you're giving it in an evil way, you're causing harm. So the one of the first steps, of course, in maturity is even beginning to question oneself. What was I up to? What was... What is it? You know, when says, what do you really want? I mean, that can stump you big time because there could be, well, you know, I want to, to be happy and I want this and I want that. And there's always something a little scratching from the unconscious that says, yeah, but uh, there's, there will come a time when you will, well, every night, whether people remember their dreams or not, have six or seven dreams. We're very active. And the dream can be uh, prophetic. Uh, it can also... Uh, it, it, it kind of works out where was conflict, or it can indicate, you know, I've got over 6,000 dreams written down on my computer because I've been doing this... Well, just the Jungian stuff since 1985 and the esoteric stuff seven years before that. So... It's a way of life. And the dream will always say, eh, you know, you got to look at this. You're not seeing it from the soul's point of view. And the soul's always... Sometimes it's a little hard to take. It's like, really? Do I have to? Yes. Because I think the coolest thing and the absolute genius of being alive is wisdom. And that takes a lot of experience and a lot of willingness uh, to surrender and become other than what you thought you were, okay? So we're going to discuss the self, and that's what capital S, uh, and the self in metaphysics would be the higher self. So the self, it's an archetypal image of man's fullest potential and the unity of the personality as a whole. And the self is a unifying principle within the human psyche and occupies the central position of authority in relation to psychological life and therefore the destiny of the individual. So that's your superpower. But we have to learn how to access this superpower. It's infinity. It is, it is literally divinity. 
but we're born in, and we're, then we go into a state of unconsciousness, and then as children we begin to develop the ego, and we are influenced by our world and our religions and our education, everything we're influenced. But that's not necessarily, very rarely, does it really mirror the self, psyche and self. That's the culture we're born into. And we're born into different cultures for very specific reasons that the soul has chosen. And uh, what happens in those particular circumstances um, is the development and the maturity. And basically one of the greatest mature attitudes that we can have and it certainly beats victimization, is, you know, whatever happens to us, it's really, truly our responsibility to heal it. You're not necessarily going to get the healing, or the other person isn't going to grow, or if you're an older soul and you're born into a younger soul, uh, parents, hey, they're not going to get you. So pony up and Get on your horse and ride to your higher consciousness and to your understanding. To sit and fight. Why don't you love me? Why don't you understand me? You know, if you have enough time at the end of your life, you can figure that shit out. But now, and look at what we're what we're seeing: the embarrassment of immaturity in our leaders. Well, they're not leaders. I don't, they're cowboys. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, but. We, we, it's embarrassing because we, we long for the wise one. We long for the elders. And the elders have nothing to do with age. And it has to do with the wisdom, people that will guide us and say, okay, true, but let's look at it another way. We don't have to criticize people and tell them we're wrong. We just say, hey, that's kind of cool, but, you know, there is another way. Or I heard, or, you know, it can be very Venusian. Because Venus isn't going to get into a gang fight with you. I mean, she could blow you up if she wants to. You know, she's got her powers. But it's going to be more through the seduction, more through honey, more through well, there's a, a loving way or there's a way of beauty to soothe us. When you're hurting, go to beauty. Go to a museum. Uh, look at uh, a, a magazine. Look at the beauty on, on people's faces, even when they're sad and haggard. There's an exquisite beauty, colors. And it, whatever it is, tur- turn your heart to that. Not the artificial make-believe stuff, but the stuff that really rocks your world, opens your heart. All right, and so self-knowledge, so the increase in self-knowledge is acquired by investigating the shadow and the anima and the animus, and above all, the withdrawal of projections, and that leads to considerable change in the ego personality and the world. So we reject our anima or animus, which very often has nothing to do with what we believe is true. 
if it's in a negative state, it can be very judgmental and opinionated. And uh, that's when, you know, women just come up with these, they're just opinions. And uh, you can experience it, you can hear it in the voice. It's like, wait a second, where are you coming up with this one? It doesn't have any wisdom connected to it. Okay? And when a man's in the, in the negative anima, it just sounds like an old maid. Just bitching and moody, very Heathcliff of Weathering Heights. I mean, he totally had a negative anima he was possessed by, for those of you that know Weathering Heights. If you don't, go watch the old movie. It's amazing. To see, you know, Heathcliff and his moods. So when we're, we're being attacked from within or possessed, because it can, it, it can look like somebody's a, a demon. It's like, what? What, what just happened? Or if a couple have a, an archetypal seizure and they get into an argument, I'm like, God, it's, it's a blood sport. And, and, and when it's finished, they, they don't even know what took place. Uh, you know, if they stay caught in the ego and want to be right or wrong, well, there's no resolution. You know, and, and change in the world really does start with the individual and one another. So this, the self, is this kind of never-ending process, and becoming whole is this never-ending process. And you can never finish the shadow. So every once in a while I've had a client says, oh, no, 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 I've done the shadow. I think, oh, yeah, if you just called in the legions of agents of change, which means disaster. Um, to wake us up. And we can have a very... Uh, shadow is also our humor. Because we all know. We all know. It's like, nah, nah, nah. We laugh because we know exactly what's going to be happening. So, but with the self, which is... if we, When we align, okay, uh, the anima and animus and to understand the shadow. The shadow is not necessarily negative. It's what we don't know. So we can have gold in our shadow. We can have a tremendous talent that we project onto somebody else. And uh, they don't have that. You have it. But the negative anima or animus tells you you can't have it. And then we blame it on the outside world, which is a big, fat waste absolutely a waste of your precious life. And no matter how much you may feel it suck, it's still precious. Because the combining factor, you know, that we are really all connected uh, it is so very, very true. So the, the, the process of consciousness is never-ending. And it depends on the, you know, the attitude of the ego, which needs, on one hand, to be firmly rooted in the field of consciousness. So our five senses and how we think, and uh, not necessarily what we feel, because feeling and intellect are two completely, completely different. And most people get into arguments because of those two opposing forces intellect and feeling. They, they, they look like 
they don't look like they could ever get along, but but they can. Okay. Uh, so we need to become very discriminating about these autonomous figures that are of the unconscious and to allow for their constant effect on our consciousness. When we're feeling that little uncomfortable, it's like, what got into me? Well, why am I uh, just... Why don't I want to resolve this? Why do I want to keep this argument going? You know, and... you just they would just want to keep the argument going, and then they're usually possessed by you know uh, the negative animus or anima because it's not interested in solving or the beauty or the balance. So, not to make it a little more complicated or interesting, depending on how you want to view your life, um, the anima and animus they can be split so they can have a positive side and a negative side. So so the woman can be the goddess. She can be the incarnation of Venus and the positive animus for the male, okay? Or she could be a witch, a demon, or the negative mother. So, you know, these terms, It I, and the thing about, I happen to love it, is, is in the Jungian work, it's it's interactive. So it's not these hard, these are the Ten Commandments and this is the way it goes. It's they switch and they move as does life and as does the psyche, which is enormous. So, like, certain virtues such as attentiveness and um, conscientiousness and patience and so on uh, are indispensable uh, to, to the moral side as well as the accurate observation of the unconscious and the objective self-criticism of the intellectual side. But we're in this constant navigation uh, between uh, very often what can be a psychic catastrophe is usually when the, the ego is assimilated by the self or vice versa. So the ego will try to take credit for the self. Well, that is not well advised because when the ego takes credit for the self, it becomes very inflated. It's like a big, fat balloon that's going to bust. And this is why humility, that doesn't mean you're... you think you're beneath anything, but humility keeps us close to humus, close to the earth, close to the dark soil. That we have a right to be. That that is our right as human beings. But when we identify with one of the gods or goddesses or identify with the self, with a capital S, we're in big trouble. Because we contain divinity we are not the divinity within itself. Big difference. You can be possessed by a goddess or a god um, for a, a while, but you can you are never one of them. Now, they say that the gods envy humanity because we have free will. 
But is it free will if we don't know about the unconscious? There's no free will. You're being played. It's the matrix, and you did not take the blue pill. So that's very important to understand these refinements. It takes patience and, uh, you know, it's like any of this stuff. I Initially, I would just read it and not even try to understand because I knew I was, you know, it was like rock soup. I couldn't in any of the things. But I could always, like when I was in my seven years of apprenticeship in the esoteric, I would apply it to the world. Like when I was studying astrology, I would say, well, wait, how do I see this? Is that the moon that's affecting this? Or what's going on? You see, because astrology, what astrology does, it it can it's timing and it can track and tell us when an archetype is going to break through in our life. And if we understand a little bit of mythology which is becoming more and more popular, or a little bit more certainly in, 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 let's say, mythological astrology, which Wendy Ashley is the one, the originator of mythological, she is the grandmother and probably now the great-grandmother of mythological astrology. And then, you know, this is like 50 years ago, she, she uh, began that work, to, brought it to consciousness, brought it to the world. And so we're all unconsciously living out a myth. And when we find out what that myth is, we can pretty much start to place, I mean, we may be living out several myths, but we can start to place, this is one of the reasons of Venus Unplugged, because I feel the most important myth in the Western world is the myth of the birth of Psyche. And that's the story of Eros and Psyche. And Venus initiated Psyche. And then Psyche became a goddess. But she was a human. So that's also an indication of how uh, when we transcend, well, then we just go into the greatest whole. But I'm off into that. So the self uh, is, well, in, in metaphysics we would call it the higher self. And this is also kind of our moral compass because we can have the intellect and that's duty, that's the laws, that's the Ten Commandments, that's the laws of our uh, religion and state. But the real morality begins where the penal code stops. The higher authority can be called the will of God, okay? Or it could be an act of God or fate. Or it's like an action of uncontrollable natural forces. But that fits into the, the, the modern rationalism. But the former, which is the way of the gods, uh, is accord to the ancestral psychic life. This is why it's important to honor the ancestors. One's personal in the family, and uh, because for the, it, everything trickles down and through, and 
in a sense, we are our own ancestors if we believe in reincarnation. Because you will incarnate as your great-great-great-grandfather who maybe started the nonsense. And then we have to work it through, not in punishment, but in balance. It's always about balance. And the mature mind and heart, instead of saying, why is this happening to me? Or it's not my fault can say, what is the task my soul requires of me? And to act it. What is another way that I could perceive this? So much of what I do in my private practice is help with those, the interpretive skill. Because on the surface, it just looks like another day in a town called Moan. You know, it's like, whoa. But when I start to hear the story and then can get into the depth of what are the archetypes that are moving through this life, then it's that becomes common sense and they can negotiate it rather than being strangled by it. So psychology is the only science that can uh, that we cannot pursue with the intellect alone. It's impossible to grasp its totality intellectually. For the intellect, uh, that's the god of modern consciousness, is a great cheat and deceiver outside its own field. It knows nothing of feeling values, for instance, and the latter are paramount importance in psychology. Intellect and feelings are a hard drive into double harness, right? So directly, we try to do this, and a man comes up against his anima, and a woman comes up against her animus, both coming to grips with the problem of the condition and operating, you know, hopefully from the higher unison. So that's called a conjunctio, or an opposition to the self. But there's no escaping coming to grips with this problem, and it's indispensable and prerequisite for wholeness is what Venus brought Psyche to and uh, hopefully these um, blog talk radios are giving you a little touch of insight that you need so because the self is not only the center but also the whole circumference which embraces both consciousness and unconsciousness the center of this totality, just as the ego is the center of the totality of the conscious mind. So when one does a mandala, that's what what is happening. It's the self in movement. It's kind of like a kaleidoscope. And that's what also a mystical experience is. It's like a breakthrough. And these breakthroughs, well, of course, they can happen. You kind of can be born with it, such as myself. But, but we could also accomplish this through understanding and getting out of our own way or knowing who's on first base and who's on second. Is it the anima or the animus? And, and then negotiate our will. Because then comes true free will. It's not free until we, uh, free as in being able to make a choice. There's always consequences. Who's really speaking? And that's 
when we really begin to change, and we need this more than ever, which is what's happening in the world now, more than ever, stepping up, taking on the task of your own individuation. It is a wild journey, but it's worth it. Till next week. Bye-bye. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.